Hello and welcome to the broadcast today. Now, what I want to share to you with you, with you today will just, you know, give you a different perspective out of which to view the world and to view your relationship with Jesus Christ and everything. Right, so in Galatians 4, you know, actually Galatians 3, also it speaks, you know, a lot about, you know, the flesh and the spirit. And it speaks about being in bondage and being free. And uh, I just want to, to read out of Galatians 4 to you to describe who you really are, okay, and who you are not. Now, Galatians 4 verse 1 says, Now what I mean is that as long as the inheritor, the heir, is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he is master of all the estate. Now, <laughs> if you take two babies, you know, the one is, for instance, of a slave or a servant, and the other one is of a king. Two babies, they're just laying there. You know, just, they both need a bottle, they both need diapers, they both need attention all the time to you babies. <laughs> so when you look at them, the way they operate, the way they, they react, there's no difference between the, the slave baby and the air baby. Okay? So, you know, even growing up, uh, the one, you know, the, the child may even, um, you know, play with the slave children. It doesn't make him a slave. He might even take up you know, the mannerisms and, you know, some of the, the lingo and stuff of, of the slave children. But that still does not make him a slave. Alright? Even, so even though he looks the same, he is not the same. Because he was born in a different house. He was born in a different line. Okay? So verse 2. But he is under guardians and administrators or trustees until the date fixed by his father. So we, speaking of the Jewish Christians also... When we were minors, we kept, kept like slaves under the rules of the Hebrew ritual and subject to the elementary teachings of a system of external observations and regulations. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law, to purchase the freedom of, to ransom, to redeem, to atone for, those who were subject to the law that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's sons. And because you really are His sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then it follows that you are an heir by the aid of God through Christ. All right. So you have had sonship conferred upon you. Okay. So uh, in John chapter 1 verse 12, 11 and 12, he says, You know, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him. Gave he power to become sons of God, as many as believed on his name. Okay. So when we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have sonship conferred upon us. We were slaves. We were under the bondage of the world. We were in darkness and under death. But since Jesus Christ you know, has paid the price, we have been set free. Now, the message of the fact that Jesus Christ paid for the world is that freedom coming into you once you hear it. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So the freedom is the Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit 
is fellowship with freedom. Having the Holy Spirit is what makes you a son. He says here, He has given us uh, the Holy Spirit of His Son. He's poured His Holy, the Holy Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is what makes you a son. Now, how does that work? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He was Jesus, born of Mary, and His Father, His physical, natural Father, was the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit hovered upon Mary, and she conceived. But Jesus Christ was born a second time when the Holy Spirit came upon Him. All right? And then He was, after that, he, You know, He became, began doing the, the miracles. You know, like in, in Matthew chapter 3, um, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And he came up out of the water and the Father said, This is my Son. Okay? So that's the adoption. All right? In whom I am well pleased. All right? And also on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, there, there was uh, Peter, James and John with Jesus on the mountain. And uh, they went up there and there was a clown. And Moses and Elijah was with them. And, uh, you know, Peter said, let's build them huts. You know? <laughs> and suddenly, you know, there was like a voice from heaven saying, this is my son. Hear ye him. So whenever God speaks concerning sonship, he says, he, it's like he shows forth his son. He says, this is my son. Okay. And when he says, this is my son, he will have two replies. Two things extra. It says, firstly, in whom I am well pleased, <laughs> and secondly, hear ye him. All right. So when Peter, James, and John looked up, they only saw Jesus standing there. They didn't see Moses and Elijah standing there again. Okay. So they they were not under the tutors and governors anymore, but the Son came. So the Spirit of His Son was brought to our hearts, and now our hearts cry, Abba, Father. Okay. So Jesus Christ, Galatians chapter 3 says, Jesus was the heir according to the promise. Now, we are heirs according to the promise by virtue of us being in Him. So, Jesus is the Son of God. He has the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Son in Him. That was what made Him Son of God. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came. Okay, so the Holy Spirit which is the anointing, which is Christ. Being the Christ was being the Son. <laughs> now we are Christian. We are also sons. right? But in other words, we have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had, and that same Holy Spirit Christ, Father, Father. So we can, with the same boldness, come to the Father and ask Him anything, and He will do it for us. right? Because... The same relationship that Jesus had with the Father, we now have because we have the same Holy Spirit of the Son in us. Okay. So when we stand before the Father, we don't stand as one of His five billion sons. <laughs> we stand in front of the Father as the Son, because we are in the Son. The only reason why you are a son is because you are in Christ. So we stand in the same authority as the only begotten Son of the Father. So we are joint heirs with Him. We are one with Him. Okay, so since we have this, we had this sonship conferred upon us, since we now have, are called God's sons, 
And, you know, we can now start to command things in the kingdom and it will, will happen that way. Okay? Since that has happened, we can now realize our identity and start operating in it. Okay, so just remember the, the two children, the slave child and the, the uh, free child. The one may have played with the other one. He may have thought he's the same as they were, but he wasn't. So he is now being educated as he grows up. So as he is educated, he starts to realize who he is. And then the ones who played with him before becomes his servants. <laughs> and he starts to command them to do things and they have to obey him. All right? Because he grows into an identity that, he, that is already his because of who he, he was born to be. All right? So you were born into the kingdom. You were born a son of God. And because you are born a son of God, you have the authority to command things in the house of God and the servants must obey you. Okay? <laughs> so now, in the kingdom, you know, there are... There are certain things that we need to realize about our identity. Okay. The Bible says, you know, in, in Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 5, that He has bought us with His blood out of every nation, in every tribe, and every tongue, and He has made us kings and priests unto our God. All right. So you are a king and you are a priest. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, a, He's King of kings. He's not king of slaves. He's king of kings. Obviously, he's the king of the world, so everyone must bow their knee to him. He's king to everyone. But he, he wants to con convey a specific identity there. He's lord of lords. He's king of kings. Now, Galatians 4 verse 1 says, um, the, a child under age, you know, as long as the, the heir is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he is master of all the estate. Now, the King James Version says, um, it differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. So if you're a son, you're a lord. If you're a son, you're a king. But Jesus is your king. So he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. So he wants you to realize he is your king. And he, you know, he is the son, but you are a son in him. Now the kingdom is not you know, a forceful thing. It's not an aggressive thing. The kingdom is the love and the grace and the light of God is now spreading and driving all the darkness out. So the darkness was, you know, anger, jealousy, strife, contentions, and, you know, all these things, you know, fighting and backbiting and all these things. That's darkness. You know, and all the other wicked things that, that people have done, that's darkness. So the kingdom, according to Romans chapter 14, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, comes into the world, it's light. And the darkness just goes out. The love comes in and the hatred is driven out. Okay? So it is a spirit that comes into the world and affects the hearts of more and more people. It's like candles being lit. Okay? So once someone's heart is completely taken over by the love of God, then you start reflecting the image of, of God, the image of Christ. So the image of the Son of God, the image into which we are changed, is love. So that love, when it's, it never fails. It's the strongest thing ever. So the kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. And that is absolute authority. You know, Jesus was moved with compassion 
and he healed all the sick. <laughs> so if we really realize this love, we are moved by this love towards the sick people, and we can just lay our hands and they will be, will be you know, healed. Right? So um, we need to realize who we are. We are sons, we are kings, we are uh, lords in the kingdom, and whatever we command must be performed by the servants. Besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies a stool for your feet? Are not the angels all ministering spirits or servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? You are an heir of salvation because you believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, So you are called the Son of God. The angels never at any time has God said to any angel, you are my son and sit at my right hand. Okay, But we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So what does this seating thing mean? We need to realize that in Christ we enter a rest. You know, Hebrews 4 speaks about this rest. And he says, strive to enter the rest. So the message of the gospel, the message of of this love, this peace that's now coming to flood the earth. This message comes in and it makes us rest because we trust in Him, His ability, His goodness, His power. All right? So then we just trust. With other words, we don't need to do anything. We don't need out of our own selves to, to perform anything. So we sit and we rest and we trust in what Jesus did before he sat down. <laughs> okay. So Jesus Christ died on the cross. He took the sin of the world. He paid the price. He washed you in his blood. He offered his blood as a perfect sacrifice on the altar in the true holy of holies. He opened the way for us. He initiated and dedicated this new living way. You know, and he opened it for us. So that we could come in. Alright. So now, now that he has done that. He sat down at the right hand of the Father, to wait until His enemies be made to stool beneath His feet. Okay, So the Son sits after the cross. We don't have to go to the cross because Jesus did it for us. So now, He just made the way open. He said, just come on in. <laughs> John 10, He said, I am the door. You know, John 14 says, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me, says Jesus. Okay, so we have now come to the Father. We are in Christ. We are with Him. So now we are seated, which means that you don't have to strive and work to do anything. So like in John 6, verse 27, He says, Stop toiling and producing for the food that perishes, um, you know, that lasts only and, and perishes with being used. But strive rather for the food that lasts unto life eternal. And then he says, but the Son of Man will just give you that. All right. So there, there's a different thing that we need. Not the, the life of striving and living, getting sustenance by working and offering and producing. <laughs> but one by coming into the most holy place by the virtue of the blood of Jesus Realizing, wow, I am now in the most holy place because of the grace of God, and then just sitting with Christ <laughs> in heavenly places, you know, until your enemies be made your footstool. So now, being a son means you are seated with Christ on a throne, which means you are in a place of authority. But you are still on this earth. 
So in your heart, in Christ, you are in Him, He is in you. So you are in Him seated in heavenly places, and He is in you to command with His word of power on this earth. So now, when you realize you are in the most holy place, you give commands and the servants have to go and obey the commands. The servants are the angels of God. So they are standing there, <laughs> worshipping God. Okay? The angels are standing there because they, God never said at any time to any angel, sit at my right hand. And they are not sons. So they are standing there worshipping until they get a command. So when we realize who we are in Christ and where we are, you know, um, in the most holy place, our words start having power because as you say it, the angels go out and perform what you said. Okay, as you pray in the spirit, you go out, you know, you, you just pray in the spirit and they go out like flames and like lightning. They just go out and they perform the things that the spirit of God has spoken through your mouth. So being a son is not just a nice thing that you can make a bumper sticker about or, you know, like to make a poster for your wall. Being a son is actually a place of authority. And the world is supposed to start seeing what it means that people are sons. And if we are sons, you know, we are heirs. So people will start seeing your prosperity. People will, will start seeing how you are saved from every situation because we are also heirs of salvation. People will start seeing the authority in your mouth because you are speaking as a son of God. All right? So things must start to change if we realize who we truly are. You are not a servant. You are not a servant of circumstances. So your circumstances is not supposed to reign and rule over you. Your, whatever is going on in the world, you know, the economic downturn and the world recession and all that, it has nothing to do with the sun. You are not subservient to the circumstances of the world. You are a son. You are especially supposed to now stand up and say, this is the word of the Lord. You know, he's, he promised and he swore by himself that in blessing he will bless you. So that people can hear it and believe it and be blessed. So he sends his son into darkness to bring light. He sends you as a river into the desert place to bring life to the desert place. But people, the moment there is a little bit of sun and a little bit of heat and a little bit of dryness like in a desert, people run away saying, oh no, <laughs> now we're going to have to move to another country because things are not perfect here anymore. <laughs> you know, that's, that's silly. You're a son of God. Just speak a few words and then you will see the thing change. So, you know, if whatever, I don't know where you, in which country you are, if there is a problem in, the, in a political arena where things are not right, stand up. Speak the word of the Lord and reign as a king in life. You know, like Romans 5.17. Those who receive the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, will reign as kings in life. So the question is not, why do God allow this? The question is, where are the sons of God? Where are those who are, you know, totally uh, at home in their new identity as a son of God? Speaking the word of God, reigning and ruling with Christ. In heavenly places okay so um, once we realize what our true identity is then we will start operating in our true identity and the world and everything around us will have to be changed okay so uh, 
people have this idea that God gives you a desert experience to teach you. <laughs> it's not true. God sends you as a river of life into the desert to bring life to the desert, having authority over the circumstances that cause people to feel like they're in the desert. So in James chapter 5 verse 17 he says, Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. Okay, so this was a man like we are, okay, with a constitution as ours. A prayer came from his lips. And nature had to obey him. No rain fell for three years. Okay. Do we realize who we are? We are supposed to stand up and rule and reign. If we hear of tornadoes, you know, there's this amazing um, testimony of Jason Upton, the singer, you know, and they had this worship session and a tornado was approaching the town that they were in. You know, and he sang, tornado, you've got to go. And the thing just broke up and disappeared and the town was saved. That is being a son of God. We are supposed to operate in, uh, in authority, speaking the word in authority. Now, what is authority? It is your position. So, Christianity is not so much about presentation as it is about position. It's not about only, you know, having the nice chairs and the nice carpets and the nice TVs and screens and things and nice sound systems. Obviously, I believe it's part of it, because I believe the church is, is a prosperous society and we're supposed to have the best of everything, all right? But that is just, you know, the fruit of things around us. But the essence of Christianity is about our position in Christ. We need to realize who we are. We are not servants. We are not subject to what is happening around us all the time. We are the masters. We are the lords of whatever, you know. If you, if you are a ruler, you have to have something to rule over. <laughs> and it will be kind of boring if you don't have something to rule over. So stand up with the word of God and rule over your circumstances. <laughs> Just realize God is as good as he says and it will, you, he's making it easy for you. <laughs> the difficult life is just believing, oh no, um, God has brought this over me. The difficult life is submitting yourself under all these circumstances thinking God has, it's God's plan for you. No, it's not. God's plan for you is for you to realize that you are a son and you are in fellowship with Jesus and you can rule and reign over your circumstances. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name, but now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy may be full and complete. Okay, so God wants you to ask him to change certain things on the earth where you are at so that your joy may be full. So when you rule over circumstances and you see the supernatural hand of God stretched out in your life and things changing, it brings joy to you. God wants you to rule because it is so intensely joyful to see it happen. Okay? So it's like, um, you know, I've, I heard a story of this king and this king invaded a different country and he 
you know, he had a different territory because he wanted his son to also be a king and not only a prince. He wanted his son to reign. So he invaded the country and that territory he gave to his son. Okay, so let's call it country A and country B. I can't remember the countries, okay? So king of country A is the father, king of country B is the son. Okay? So when the king of country A comes to the, king, to, to the country B, that king becomes the prince because he is king over that king. So when the son comes and visits his father in country A, he's also a prince and a king. But when the father is here and the son is there, both are kings. But the one king is still over the other king. It's still the son operates according to the authority of the kingdom of the father. Okay? <laughs> that is such a nice illustration of what happens. You cannot rule in heaven. God rules in heaven. <laughs> but you are seated with Christ. Your position is in Christ. The place where your authority comes from is in Christ. But God has made the earth for you. In the beginning He said, let us make man and let them have complete authority over the earth. So, you are a son, you are a king. And when you are a son and a king, you must have a territory to rule over. And that is the life you live in. Okay, not the people around you, <laughs> but the circumstances around you and the people. So if you see someone sick, heal them. If you see a crutch, take away the crutch and say, walk in Jesus' name. If you see there's poverty, you know, pray and the people will be blessed. If you see, you know, whatever, a dead person, raise the dead. That is our life in Christ. And that God wants to give us then everything we say. He wants to give us everything that... Um, that we ask Him so that our joy may be full. I have told you these things so that in me, our position in Christ, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Since he has already conquered the territory of the sun, you know, the sun can now just joyfully go in there and just reign.